Hi, I'm Shiv. And I'm Chitra. We are the co-hosts of this show, Software People Stories. We are happy to bring you stories of people associated with software as makers or consumers. In every episode, we talk to people on their own personal and professional journeys, their interests and approach to work and life in a free-flowing conversational format. We hope that you will be able to draw your inspiration from their experiences and insights. These podcasts are made possible by PM Power Consulting, who have helped individuals, teams, and organizations on their delivery excellence journeys. Learning and unlearning to learn, purpose-driven learning, motivating oneself to learn. We've heard and read a lot about these statements. I've watched my fellow colleague at PM Power, Guy 3, constantly experiment with learning as well as embark on some daunting adventures. I've looked forward to this conversation with her where she shares her personal experiences on some of these topics and more. Listen on. Good morning, Gayatri, and welcome back to the Software People Stories. Wonderful to have you back on our show again. Thank you, Chitra. Good morning uh, to you and all the listeners. It's great to be back, and it's wonderful to continue to listen to the Software People Stories so far. Thanks for doing this. And I hope you know we have many, many more conversations because, as coaches as well as constant learners, I'm sure we'll always have something to share with people. If not anything, our stories. Definitely, then that's uh, that's very really also changing, right? We continue to learn and keep adapting our own lives around uh, technology. I remember you always say that you know constantly learning and reinventing oneself is so important. And as a colleague, I see you continuously doing it. So, what is it that drives you, keeps you motivated to learn, and what is it that you can share with our listeners in terms of your experience? Definitely, Chitra. I think um, <clears throat> uh, one thing that um, the non-software, um, uh, you know, organizations um, constantly say that technology has continued to change and has uh, grown so much. Be it the latest, uh, you know, uh, large companies, if you look, if you will, across the world are, are dominated by software. It's because technology is changing constantly and uh, along with it, people are also changing constantly. It doesn't happen in a vacuum and we are part of that ecosystem, um, including you, me, all our listeners. I think you, we have to keep changing. So what, has, what motivated me to change is when I joined college, from college, I, I knew only Fortran how to code. And uh, they started teaching me C++ in my uh, early training days. Once I finished that, one thing that has, uh, you know, I started at my career with uh, C++ programming. Uh, within a year, I found myself, you know, seeing that uh, open source included Java and Java became very popular. So you, you had to unlearn to learn. I think that was the biggest uh, problem that I had to say. I thought, you know, I was very good at C++ programming and uh, it kind of felt like a shock for me that, you know, I have to learn something new within like one year of my career. So, uh, and then from then on, 
I found that that found that every two three years, I ended up learning something new, and if I look at my career back, I have every three years I had had to reinvent myself, be it from a C plus plus to Java world or Java to using scripting language um, or uh, moving into project management to a transition management to delivery management to uh, now agile coaching transformation. So I, I have what I'm seeing is different skills I have to use or some of the skills I had to learn. And before learning, I had to unlearn some of the things and uh, some of the bad habits that come in and then move from there. So that has been the key in, uh, in terms of keeping the longevity. Uh, if we, uh, we, are, we are marathon runners, right? We are not necessarily uh, sprint runners when we look at career. Because most of us uh, think, of, uh, uh, think of the uh, career as a sprint and they want to burn long hours and... Uh, yeah, how to how to make it happen? That's what they are, the current breed of team members are doing. But that's not how it works. The way it's working is you actually have to start looking at it as like the way um, Kipchoge is doing, right? I don't know whether uh, I'm saying this word correctly. He uh, eluded Kipchoge around the sub two hour marathon. You have to think of it as a you know long marathon run and keep reinventing yourself in terms of your learning goals. So the way I normally do is every uh, every six eight months uh, I wonder whether am I doing it doing anything new. Um, I look at that from that kind of a horizon. And the other thing I look at it is if I'm not doing anything exciting uh, in the morning when I look at what my day is going to be and if I'm not really excited about it, I really ponder over and say, hey, what am I doing about it? Because no one else takes responsibility or accountability for your career. You are the only person, right? Who, um, how much ever you can say there is a mentor, there is a, a, you know, a career plan in your organization. In the end of the day, our career, our learning is owned by us. Um, there may be a lot of constructs in the organization, but that has really been the key for me to continue to learn and adapt. What do you see uh, between perhaps how you learned and how you continue to learn versus what is it that people can do today, especially when we talk so much about business agility and businesses becoming agile, uh, organizations becoming agile. Uh, yeah. People are the organization and then the organization becomes representative of who its people are because it's the people who create it. What holds people back from learning in your experience and... How can people cross the chasm, if you will, towards learning and, uh, you know, sustaining oneself and thereby sustaining the organization? When we're talking about from a technology context and uh, and a lot of organizations are, erstwhile traditional organizations have started saying that they are technology organizations. They are actually, uh, it was earlier technology enabling business, but it's uh, the tables have turned where businesses uh, you know by uh, businesses are getting reinvented because of digital technologies completely um, be it from a fintech space uh, to governments are doing it to, <clears throat> to even uh, to retail space was always the harbinger right it was it was actually the first ones to bring the change around um, so from a, if you look at agility right you, we should look at it from a from four dimensions um, most talked about is a process agility where we talk about scrum and having those ceremonies and all of that. 
but that is only the tip of the you know scale if you look at it the bigger ones are the technical agility you are you you know uh, are you bringing those practices of uh, uh, you know constantly checking in and having uh, having a regular rhythm in place having the that talam in place and doing that that is one part of it right the second the third part of it is around the <coughs> product agility itself is, are you having uh, you know enough checks and balances like the way eric rice talks about in his uh, you know the lean startup are, are we having those hypothesis driven metrics driven product agility and the fourth one and the biggest one is the people mindset the culture culture part of it so uh, are the is the ecosystem or the entire organization uh, really set it set up very nicely so that uh, they they can unbound or they can, they don't have that binding in place like yesterday when i was running this workshop uh, one uh, thing that was talking about is when the elephants are really getting trained right they get trained with chains the actual iron chains to be bound with a um, with a specific uh, pillar so the from they would have actually tried couple of uh, quite a few times and they will know that they are bound right and when they act, when they go into the field they don't they don't get bound by that uh, they can't really lift such a heavy one so normally they are actually bound by a simple rope which is uh, tied to a, another stick if you will but in elephant's mind it uh, that is something that they can't even overcome lot of that uh, mythical chain lot of uh, organizations have bound themselves by way of stereotype uh, typical processes or lot of traditional uh, in by organizational you know hierarchy that is tied in lot of those ropes are being tied in uh, that are those are the things that have to get unbound right from the um, right from providing that self confidence self reliance in each and everything that the members are doing that kind of thing needs somebody from outside to provide that outside in perspective saying that why are you doing this it's not that answers need to come from an outsider but sometimes questions if it's easy, it's easier to come from an outsider that is what i am seeing from a business agility perspective so business agility has these four parts right process product technical and people um, and the cultural part of it and binding all these things together is the organizational culture and ability to you know unbind all this and unblock all this and see why are we doing this and can we uh, think beyond that's what innovation that's when innovation gets really will spring really better and more importantly that's when you know people also will start flourishing and lead to high performing teams most importantly that's what is that that is what that's what will help the learning so only if i have a very clear objective uh, i i will i will learn while you may think that uh, till college we always learn because i have to get this uh, marks right i have to do this after that adult learning seems to be very purpose driven not necessarily self purpose but more of an organizational purpose in fact you hit upon uh, it was almost like you were reading my mind when you said purpose uh, because there was precisely what was coming up as the next question for you you know you spoke about conditioning unshackling and you also talked about why people in your observation a lot of people are spending long hours burning the midnight oil and mm-hmm. perhaps going home you know frustrated depressed 
not so satisfied with what they've done and so on. And uh, this question uh, bubbled up in the context of what you just said as yeah. not only one's own purpose, but also the organization purpose. So yeah. what are your thoughts around aligning these purposes and making it work or creating a win-win situation for the individual as well as the organization? Uh, one of the things that uh, uh, we are experimenting now in, in the organization that we are coaching is uh, something called OKR, uh, Objective and Key Results. And this is also aligned to the business agility. So what we are saying is each at, an org, at, a, very, at a high level, each organ, uh, the entire organization has a, uh, has, uh, has a purpose and that objective is very uh, clearly written out. And what are, how are we going to measure whether that objective is going to be met? Those are two or three key results will come, will get tied. At the maximum, even at a big, uh, you know, organization, we are saying three or four uh, objectives have to be done. And rather than making it hierarchical, making it top down, uh, each group, each uh, team that's constituent of that, uh, you know, organization creates their own uh, objectives. Some of them will be tied to the overall purpose. Some of them will be experiments. Some of them will be purely learning to push themselves beyond what they thought that they were capable of. I think that that is that what happens is that kind of brings that overall purpose of where we are moving towards and creating that while autonomy is present at a team level, there is also a purpose, which is what you said, talked about alignment. So all of us need that purpose. Because uh, sometimes uh, uh, I have this, uh, you know, uh, simile in my mind that uh, if large organizations are similar to your huge cruise ships, right? Cruise ships which are harder to maneuver. In, it will it will go fast, but it will it's harder to change direction. While smaller, you know, uh, smaller boats or yeah, even small yachts, you can actually change directions. But at the same time, uh, when there are you know, ex um, extenuating circumstances. Let's say there is a huge, you know, storm coming in. These smaller ones will be in a very, it's very hard to maneuver around. So I think the, uh, you need a combination of both from a, ha uh, having a yacht kind of a thing as well as, uh, um, you know, in the middle having the, uh, ha having a cruise ship. So you have to have that purpose tied to it. If you have a purpose tied to it, you are loosely defining that, ensuring that, when there's a problem, I can always go back to the ship I, while I can be on my own and I, I can actually try uh, different exper experiments and make it back to it. So that's really how I am. I think when we talk about learning for individual, they should uh, continue to focus that. This was a beautiful analogy. In fact, I'm thinking that with your permission, if I may, I'd love to borrow this and actually use it in a lot of, uh, you know, the coaching that I do. Uh, very nicely said, Gayatri. Thank you. Definitely, Chitra. What, many times what happens is this, um, I'm talking about this elephant and all of these, uh, the experiences, the result pyramid talks about experiences essentially will start changing our outcomes and results. Uh, outcomes, and, uh, outcomes and results is what, while it will come out very clearly, what values, what principles, beliefs we have, uh, are not very clear, right? We may not be very, you know, known outside. That's what we call it as a culture. But more and more experiences we have, that experience also comes from nature. 
and from from our experiences from you know what we see and sometimes we show this uh, many of my coaching conversations i have taken this uh, many examples in real life and showing it said that okay hey this is what we have happened why and that has become very powerful because then there is a lasting mental model and uh, ability to remember one that i really love is this edgar schein uh, model cultural model which is very simple and very easy to remember would you care to elaborate a little about it and how you have maybe used it in some of your conversations and help either left an impression or maybe help somebody turn a corner definitely so uh, edgar schein model is uh, pretty simple right it has just three levels the, the first level is around the, the uh, at the topmost is uh, talks about what are the outcomes like um, results or artifacts or the what are the characteristics that you do it and the next level which is lower than your eye level are the values the values that you see and the, and the even lower ones is the assumed value assumed is something that you know it's unsaid principles so to speak so uh, if i uh, think about uh, so some of the change that i had brought out one of the team uh, was um, was having this thing that uh, all of the requirements have to come from a, a particular person or uh, uh, you know outside of their group saying you know they they thought that they were waiting for someone to tell them or guide them how to uh, how to go about while that can work when it is when the requirements are quite clear and uh, they knew exactly what they wanted and they are not in exploratory stage and uh, i asked those questions as to why they are thinking like that why do you think you know proposal or a solution cannot come from directly from you i asked them you know who are the experts in this product who knows this better then they thought for long and said that yeah we have been in this for long and we know what all possibilities are there then i was asking can you propose some of these things uh, what stops you they said yeah we can propose what if they reject it i said that's okay <laughs> that's okay yeah. to be rejected i think a lot of times we actually have this as talking about this elephant thing right it's a lot of it we think oh if they reject then it's a bad thing it's not a bad thing at least the next time when there is a problem they will come back will come to you with a ask for a solution rather than assume a solution and then come and execute it i think that is the that is one thing that i found it very nicely that came out because so that there their assumed value was that they were execution they were very good in execution but the requirements have to be very clear once the requirement was clear they were and the, at least at a high level technology architecture was that they were ready to implement it and over a period of 6 uh, 6 months they moved away from that and whenever there was a, a when there is a problem they were even able to sense that there is a problem coming up and raise it first and say do we all agree and then come up with a solution i think that is the next level of evolution that they are going with a narrative that many of us can learn from gayatri thank you thank you chitra so recently you know you undertook a pretty long journey and arduous one you know maybe a strong sense of accomplishment was at least what i sensed from you it got me to thinking you know we are always trying to get teams and people to think of stretch goals whatever you did was uh, not easy at least in my mind yet a tremendous sense of accomplishment at the end of it what was the preparation for such an experience like uh, what did you go through you know how does that help you encourage teams to actually set stretch goals for all our listeners uh, <clears throat> what chitra is talking about is i did a 
trek in Machu Picchu uh, in Peru. Uh, we did a, a four-day Inca trail. We take, uh, every day it was an eight-hour to ten-hour uh, walk slash uh, trek where we there was a, a climb of almost uh, you know anywhere between uh, 2,000 feet to 3,000 feet. We had to climb up and down. So it, it was treacherous, but at the same time, it was very self-fulfilling. Most of the time, we'll only listen to our breath. So that itself is very meditative by its nature. So as a prep for this, uh, one is, I think, as uh, 10 girls, we came together and we kind of kept each other accountable for our workout. We kept asked, making sure that each of us work out because uh, we as a group want to do it. So uh, if let's say within that, within that one or two people were not able to do it, I think that would, wouldn't, that would bring down the spirits of the entire team. So that is something that we did. Almost six, seven months before the uh, July trek, we kind of created the group and, uh, you know, kept talking about motivating each other. And we also started doing a lot of small treks, just like how we talk about MVP planning, right? Smaller treks to say, okay, is our, is our body ready? So our, uh, can, can we, our, uh, we can just test our shoes. We said, tested our shoes. We tested our, uh, you know, hiking poles. We, so, uh, so I, I know some of them, some of my uh, friends were also testing their sleeping bags. So all of those we were actually testing, saying, okay, are we ready to do this? Are we okay? That's, that is from a preparation perspective, right? And uh, during the journey and trek itself, what I also found was that we are very blessed. Um, and being able to do this, uh, you know, from a monetary standpoint as well as time standpoint and health. So a lot of things we, on a regular daily basis, while we have a lot of problems or constraints that we go through, what we are not constantly accepting is that we are actually a very blessed. So imagine uh, 110 years back, uh, even a king wouldn't have the comforts that we are having today. Be it, you know, having the lights to having, you know, um, being able to talk to loved ones anytime to, uh, you know, having the medicine, which has come far beyond. Uh, what has made me, I know it's, it is an obvious fact, but sometimes some of these challenging ones, if you go through, that changes you fundamentally within you. Some, some neurons actually start saying that, okay, we have to be positive for every problem that we encounter. So what I have been, you know, whenever uh, there are challenges that thrown at me or thrown at the team that I'm coaching, I keep asking them, what stops you from trying yourself rather than being frustrated and being in the same place and, and going into the negative spiral? Why don't you change it, change that to make it positive? And what are the experiences? We actually use games to do that and uh, make that change happen smaller but very uh, you know uh, small changes if you keep happening that becomes a big movement in itself your narrative about the preparation and journey are certainly inspiring gayatri i'm sure there are many more lessons to share from this in future episodes as we come to the end of this episode are there any messages that you would like to share in particular with our listeners a couple of things one is chitra uh, the essentially when you want to learn right First is that urge or self-awareness of uh, to learn from what you were the previous uh, year. Previous year, I think that is the biggest urge or motivation that everyone uh, needs to have. 
uh, we, we, you can call it as your own LO, learning objectives or learning plan, whatever you want to call, right? You, I think each person needs to have that. That in, in addition to, uh, you know, creating that awareness of, you know, are we unlearning some of the habits? Are we creating a routine of it? That's a second dimension to it. The third dimension is getting feedback uh, from your uh, folks, uh, your uh, be it peers, managers, your customers, saying that are you in the? Uh, is that something else that you should learn, or is that something else that you know uh, we can do better? And then uh, incorporate it back into your learning objective. It's like the control system. You have an input. You work on something. There is an output. And most importantly, actually, there is also a feedback that comes back. The uh, folks who are have gone through the control system, they'll know that having that control system uh, in, in terms of giving the feedback, be it by, we call this retrospective in an agile term or actual or empirical evidence. So creating that is very, very critical. So having a learning objective, continuously being aware of, you know, where you are and getting feedback and that those are very important thing and try reinventing every, every three years. That makes it challenging as well as very self-fulfilling. Thank you, Gayatri. At least I felt I learned a lot from this conversation with you. Uh, I'm sure at least some of our listeners will have a lot to take away from this too. So thank you so much for your time and looking forward to many, many more conversations. Thank you so much, Chitra, for being a great host and looking forward to that as well. If you like the show and would like to share your experiences with the community or know someone else who might want to do that, please get in touch with us at podcasts at pm-powerconsulting.com. That is podcasts at pm-powerconsulting.com. Please rate the show on Podchaser, Stitcher, iTunes, or any other podcast client that you find us on. Please also share our episodes with your friends and others in your network. If you or anyone you know would like to be featured on our show, do write to us at this email address, podcast at pm-powerconsulting.com.